0: I am recording now.
1: I'm recording. I just want to pour myself. Whoo, recording. Some just
0: call me horse, man. You know, guys. All right. When doing some research for this week's uh, or this this today's chapter, the phrase "pick on somebody your own size" came came to mind. Actually, that's funny the phrase pick on somebody your own size uh-huh. Uh-huh. it's
2: friday we got jokes we're game of owns some of you call us goo
0: goo for short goo i build sure. goo it goo. is goo. game of the owns goo. Theons.
1: that's a new one the owns
0: yes it's
2: friday and it's the weekend for the some it's people the it's grand chapter weekend. It is. You know, I try to make my life an entire weekend, which makes these Friday's episodes not that special. But you know what? Damn it. We've got Bran. We've got Hodor. This is just a chapter to sink your collective teeth into. We've got
0: Asha without Asha's clothes. We got naked Asha, Osha. Osha. Come on now.
2: Osha's clothes. All right. And George says she looks damn good. So there's
0: that.
1: In the show, that was Hodor. So it just shows (laughs) what your demographic is.
0: Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Clearly, it's like the opposite. I bet Hodor could touch the bottom of the pond.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, without even Not with his legs. (laughs) 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 Well, we're here in righteous fashion because, um, like we said, it's another chapter, and Bran is helping Hodor do things. Mm -hmm. I guess it's the other way around, (laughs) but yes.
1: (laughs) He's helping Hodor go about his daily tasks, yes. My
2: brain is scrambled jelly today.
0: Yes, you know, it's funny because I'm reading um, just sort of a summary to recap because I read this uh, yesterday instead of today. And uh, I read White Harbor as White Hodor. <laughs> like, wait,
2: Hodor's white?
0: Yeah, yeah. Knights, knights, musicians, and jugglers were coming from White Hodor for the harvest feast. <laughs> I'm like, no. That didn't work out.
1: There was a sign in France, you know, that was, it was like Horrod something. And I read that as Hodor every time. So yeah. it does happen.
0: Mm-hmm. You're going to go
2: to the eye, eye appointment, eye doctor soon? Lady Maybe. Hornwood. Sure. Lady Hornwood,
0: Lady Hodor.
1: <laughs> Ho-
2: Hodorwood. It is an exciting time for Winterfell right now. And it's something that we, again, missed out on the show. But they're having their own little celebration inside the walls.
0: Yeah, it's hard to celebrate when Ned is, uh, the memory of Ned is so recently fresh on everybody's minds.
2: Yeah. I, I really liked in
3: this chapter, though, how... You 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 got to learn what everybody's role was, all these different families of the North that were coming for this celebration, but also really they're pledging their allegiance yet again to, to Bran and Bran being tasked really with trying to figure out how to deal with all this. I mean, he has great counselors in, in Roderick Cassell and Maester Lewin, but really at the end of the day, all this kid wants to do is go outside and play.
1: Well, yeah. come on, Micah. He's almost a man grown. He's mm-hmm.
0: eight. <laughs> Think about <laughs> it's, it. It's time to time sit for down. Play is and, over. And yeah, yeah, totally. Here's some matters of state. The
1: kids in this series grow. I mean, it's kind of it's funny not to go off on too much of a tangent, but you know how like we talk about how winter lasts forever and stuff like that. It's kind of the same with the kids. Like in this universe, children, and I know that happened a lot in medieval times, but this is like extreme. You know, like that kids grow up really, really, really early. Yep. Like, you know, we talk about, you know, in the show, they age them up. And I think that's sort of what we, you know, can relate to. I think that's a really smart move. Because, like, every time they say that Bran is eight and Danny is 14, you know, I sort of pause. And I'm like, have I really just been reading the thoughts of a 14-year-old, like, for this entire chapter? guys episode, ready for you know?
2: this? What? Podrick's 12.
1: I know. No. I know.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, But man. not in the show. I didn't even right. know what a girl was when I was 12. Seriously. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> yeah, uh, come you, on. You know, that's that's a little extreme.
2: Still. I would like to make it clear to everyone that I did know what a girl was when I was 12. And I believe that Bran does as well. That's my transition. Well,
0: I was raised by wolves. And you can't get close to a wolf, uh, you know, backside yeah,
2: <laughs> getting
0: mauled God. to death. So that's, that's what it's all about, really.
2: Well, this chapter for me was interesting because it was a play on responsibility versus your own personal needs and desires. And, and at the end of the day, he's a kid and we're getting to see this great juxtaposition between what he needs to do as now the Prince of the North essentially, and what he really wants to do, which is not only what is being limited by his impairment, but also what a kid would do naturally, especially in this time being the, the lineage that he is, he's going to go out and he's going to play sword fight. He's going to participate And the jousting where the little thing comes around and smacks you in the back. So it feels like you still did something. Like this is what he wants to do. He wants to be a part of the action. So when Hoder comes to get him to bring him responsibly on time to the session he's supposed to be at, he goes for a little detour and takes a peek and starts staring around, eavesdropping, just kind of being jealous in general. And then the phrase catch him. And that's when this whole situation happened. The two Walders are
0: picking on (laughs) Hoder. Right. (laughs) You know, know. It, They're so vicious They are Every,
1: oh, every time Yeah, yeah. ruthless
0: <laughs> And it's just so interesting Seeing Brand get carried away You know To the point where he disappoints Is it Meister Lewin? He's like Come on kid You know You gotta be Older than that You're a lord now mm. And it's just But he gets so offended You know By the phrase And he has to defend him His friend Hodor And Yeah And all that mm-hmm. stuff And it's just it, It's it's honorable in a way And you know It makes sense in another but he's just getting carried away he's he's being a child he's not really he doesn't have the clarity of 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 insight here that it's just like the little stuff doesn't really matter he is still a child in this way
1: you know brand's uh, brand's sort of friendship and companionship with hodor it kind of mirrors um Shireen's with patchface when you think about it ooh I they're like sort that. of outcast children that find you know these adults that are also outcasts in a way and they bond
3: yeah, absolutely. Wow, that I, know, I just blew everybody's
1: everybody. mind, didn't I? <laughs> that was an intellectual thought for this episode.
2: So check that off.
3: It just finally, snuck up on us. <laughs> I did have a, I did have some issue with uh, Maester Lewin in this chapter, though, because he goes from, uh, you know, talking to Bran, telling him how he needs to act the, the proper role and and act his age, right, uh, with. With, with not just the phrase but also being on time uh, to, mm. to talk with Wyman Manderly uh, but, but then when he's talking to uh, Bran about what he can potentially discuss with Wyman Manderly he's like well no you can't talk about that leave that to Roderick because you're only 8 years old it's like well hey old dude you can't have it both ways you can't tell him <laughs> that on one hand he's too young or, or tell him he needs to be older and then on the other hand tell him he's too young I I just didn't like that seeing a little bit of different side of, of Maester Lewin.
0: Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We we have to talk about that.
3: Well, luckily we have a podcast, Bolton. We do. Oh,
1: oh my god, let's talk about it on there. I have a great point. We should remember it for when we record. Oh, Raise the point. Yes. Oh <laughs>
2: shit, we're recording. Um, Go on.
1: No, about how uh, I I totally forgotten about this, but um, Bolton's bastard Ramsey he already has a uh, someone called Reek.
2: He does. Yes. It took me by surprise.
1: Yeah. I was I was like, hold on a second. Where are we in the timeline? What's going yeah, on? Yeah, I was
2: like, where's Theon? Because he's <laughs> yeah, the know. guy that hangs out with them. No, mm-hmm. but they basically go on to say that this is a questionable guy. They tell about his past and about how he kind of slipped into the place that he is now and it wasn't mm-hmm. really on purpose. And that he likes to go hunting with his partner, Reek. And they but don't like so to go hunting for sly game.
1: it's foreshadowing that he's brought up in this Winterfell chapter, really having nothing to do at this time Ramsay Bolton has nothing to do with Winterfell at this at the moment, but he's slowly rising up. You know, he's beginning to be noted. And here they mention him at Winterfell not having any clue of what's coming. You That's know, true. I
0: couldn't choose a more appropriate... Uh, introduction for uh, future torture of Theon. At least he gets his <laughs> his intros in early. You know he's feared by the others. <laughs> yep. He's not just some loser in some corner who tortures Theon. No, this is Ramsay Bolton. He's a badass yeah. dude. Yeah, mm. yeah. <laughs> so there's that.
1: You approve? Eric approves. This
2: entire meeting in the chapter that took place, I feel like, is what they adapted for the show. And they took out a lot of the more interesting bits. It reads much better on page, but essentially what's happening, it's basically a pitch meeting. Pretty much. Like, they're working on several different ideas, and everyone's trying to marry Lady Hornwood because she might be a little old, but she's still a babe. Too bad, everybody, though, she's got eyes for only one. And that is our favorite friend, Mr. Roger Cassell. Mr.
0: Cassell
2: with his badass sideburns and he, he is attracting all of the women in Winterfell today but especially just the one that everyone wants to marry <laughs> even a Mr. Hothor Umber who is called Horsbane. we don't know why yet but you can assume Brandon didn't get any insight into that but uh, I think
3: <laughs> some of us older readers can probably uh, figure that out but I was I was just really impressed in this chapter with the loyalty factor uh you know uh, Wyman Manderly his son is taken captive by Tywin Lannister we learned that and yet he's okay with with his son being at Harrenhal while this war plays itself out mm. you know he he basically says to Bran and and everybody else that's in the room uh you know Tywin told me if if I step down and remove my support of of your brother then i can have my son back but my son can he'll do fine uh for the time being you know we learn that lady hornwood has lost her her mm-hmm. husband and her son yet here she still is
1: we we hear you know, about and- a lot of losses in this chapter i mean it was sort of you know just reminds you of the reality that they live in you know when roderick Cassell was like yeah i had like four daughters and now i only have one left and my brother had a couple of of sons and they're all dead too. It's just like, oh wow.
0: But they give their lives in service of this King. I mean, it'd be Mm. like they're, they're not dissuaded from supporting the Starks. Still they do, which is what's so cool about it is that they decide not to, you know, engage uh, Tywin Lannister's um, offer, you know, for instance, to, to him. And uh, in general, it's just, um, they're they're sticking it to the man. They they continue to support the Starks when the lord at Winterfell is his eight-year-old Bran.
3: Yeah. And they're talking about things like finances and <laughs> shipbuilding and taking care of wildlings who are running around at Eastwatch by the sea. <laughs>
0: yeah. Meanwhile, Bran's just wondering when he can get his allowance money, you know, for the week to go buy some chocolate camels balls. <laughs> it's a real it's a real matter of perspective. Of Lord
2: Lord Wyman's a smart guy though. He's basically pitching the brand and hoping that the 8-year old agrees. He's like, "So here's what we got to do. We're going to build a mint at White Harbor and we're going to establish a currency." And we're also going to build a, a ship's fleet with said currency, so you can go attack anyone you want. And Brand's just sitting there going, I could totally be the captain of a warship. And Maester <laughs> Lewin's like, all right, we're going to pass this one along to Rob. And, but it's just funny, because this is the top level of government working in action for the Kingdom of the North right now. And if you think it's any different than the government we have now, you'd be sorely mistaken. It's probably about the same thing.
0: Doesn't printing money decrease the value of the money? Like, How can they just mint a new coin and have that be valuable? I don't really understand that. <laughs>
2: They worked here in the US or
3: yeah, we did it all it. the time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, okay.
3: Just print more money. But in this chapter, you just get a real picture of the business and some of the tactics that's going on in the North. And, and really, you get kind of, it's kind of like an update chapter. You get an update on what's going on with all the major power players in the North.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and it's interesting because I don't recall hearing about these power players before, which is cool because it's shedding more light on the North. You know, just a couple chapters ago, We heard all about the Bear Island Mormons, and now we're hearing about... Well, the
2: Mormons were mentioned also in this chapter, too. When the evening comes, Lady Janela arrives. She is not a Ninja Turtle, but she does arrive and begins (laughs) to tell everyone about what exactly the Bastard of Bolton is doing. And essentially what's happening is this. He's establishing an army, and he wants to go after certain people's lands. So when this boring meeting is over for Bran, because he's not having a very good time with it, he gets on Hodor's back, and he carries him off to the God's Wood. Why? To go see his wolf. And the wolf isn't alone. Shaggy Dog's there. Who precariously slinks away. Yeah. Doesn't mm. want to
1: come there, yeah. What a jerk
2: mm. face. So, Osha surprises everybody. Well, Bran yes. <laughs> thought he was alone. Hodor yeah. took him to his favorite spot by the water, and he's like...
1: She's just, like, hiding there. Something's
2: not right. <laughs> <laughs> Boom! Naked lady out of the water. Yes. She's like, you've never seen someone without clothes on before he's like that's silly i've seen p- plenty of people without their clothes on before just people not as scarred as you are what happened
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah what happened she's like what was her line it was great she's like oh no when he asks her if it's cold she's like i suckled icicles when i was a youth you know like seriously i'm hardened no she's she's great she's a great addition to this scene because she takes him out of a place of enjoyment and makes him talk about things that he doesn't want to talk about. For instance, the dreams she asks him, if he's still having the dreams
2: and he denies, denies, denies,
0: but she's like, uh, I know you're lying. So she's such an interesting character because she's a wildlings. We're hearing about how wildlings are, um, being slaughtered and crawling South and all these past few chapters. Everybody's talking about the wildlings here. We have one. She's almost, want to say broken in. She's just, you know, she's, looking out for Bran, she's able to he's got his own kind of first-hand experience of the wildling and it probably makes him a good lord if he were to use that information mm-hmm. a little later on.
3: So, Osha asks him if he's still having those dreams and she can very easily tell when he says no that uh that he's lying. Uh, and and really, you know, dreams play an important part in this chapter as they always seem to do with Bran because of what happens at the very end and you know, he's he's in the midst of this conversation uh, with somebody that he actually knows and is friendly with, um, from I guess the, the his his much earlier youth, uh, he's clearly eight, only eight years old, but somebody that he's grown up with, Clay Serwin, uh, yet another character whose father uh, or family member is captive, but you know he shows up representing the uh, the Serwin family, and all of a sudden uh, he he mentions the Kingslayer. Uh, mm-hmm. and And this story about how Joffrey isn 't really you know king robert 's son he 's actually a product of incest, and this just triggers something within bran and and he has to go lay down and, you know it he has like a almost a moment of shock right yeah and and that leads into the dream where we 're led to believe that he finally has learned the truth about what happened to him when he fell from that tower yeah that 's a really interesting
1: end. Um, it's a, sort of a cliffhanger end. It's very different from a lot of the other chapter ends in this in the book so far. I'm more interested in the dream though. I think that um like the weirwood is calling to him. I think that's really, really interesting.
2: Yeah, and basically the the dream that he had before he was awoken by the people that came to visit was like all of the things that he appeared to not have much interest in that entire day mm-hmm. were all it was just like okay well he's gonna build ships the land's gonna be traded here this is how we're gonna fight the wildlings like he basically figures everything out and then this happens and i just thought it was interesting because for a moment whenever the golden person was like reaching out to him in the tower i thought it was like some sort of god or something but it turned out to just be jamie
0: yeah (laughs) i can see (laughs) how you would make that mistake yeah
2: yeah it was funny
3: though yeah yeah I, i Brands' dreams, we know, are an integral part of the series, and, and we've learned from uh, Benioff and Weiss that really they're the only dreams that are included, probably barring a few exceptions here and there, in the TV show. So that means they're just even more integral to the overall
2: plot.
0: Yeah, they're pretty much the bees knees. I mean, whatever whatever source they're coming from, they're uh, it's pretty aligned with what's going to happen to the characters.
2: I just got Jenny in the block in my head. Jenny from the block. <laughs>
3: Why? Not not but
2: why was the dream so nasty I mean
3: yeah. his eyes are getting pecked out his head is getting split open it's just
0: meant to convey the sense of urgency that he needs yeah. to because this is like this is a dream but it's also a memory uh, right. of him being thrown out the window so it's trying to I guess prepare him for a painful you know remembering
1: awakening yeah, basically, yeah awakening.
0: Yeah. there you go there you go but it is violent I mean holy hell I'm glad they didn't show this in the show
3: mm-hmm.
2: oh yeah it was violent he did peck at his forehead and into his brains so terrible raven you do not get the own because that was a mean thing to do bad raven Raven. mean thing to do go get your
0: car Car, and then be happy (laughs) (laughs) well you mentioned owns Uh, I'm going to give the own this is a little obscure this is metaphysical Uh, I'm going to give the own to the pond that does not have a bottom
2: bottomless ponds got a thing for them Eric
0: I do. I think that, uh, we did mention though, that if Hodor were in there, it would be a different situation. But, uh, I, I think that the pond was just cool. Cause Ari or Osha jumped in and said, I wanted to see if I touched the bottom. And, uh, he says, maybe it doesn't have a bottom. And she's like, maybe it doesn't. So that means she didn't touch it. Which means maybe it's still you, down you, there somewhere. If
1: you uh get the blue suit and you swim all the way down this <laughs> underground tunnel to uh, Yeah. Or maybe, if, or
0: I to, maybe if I talk to my boat. Maybe if I talk to my boat and my boat talks back.
1: There you go. Look
2: at all these parallels we're drawing. They do not <laughs> Crazy. Receive, Crazy. receive my own, but Hodor does. <laughs> Hodor gets my own. Why, you ask? Because there was a snippet in the chapter, I don't remember it exactly, but it was along the lines of, Hodor's a friendly soul, he hasn't really attacked the people that are mean to him. Once one time he was just doing some random shit throughout the city a while ago, and then he was in a corner, and a bunch of people were just poking him with sticks, just big old <laughs> sticks they found just lying around and just saying stuff to piss him off, and he was just looking around like, Hodor? On, Hodor? On. Like, he was confused because he's nice, but in reality, it goes to say, he could just twist off their head with the bend of his hand, so... Yeah. He's a powerful dude. So, Hodor, you get my preemptive own. We'll say that.
0: There you go.
1: My own goes to Hodor as well, you know, and it's because of that sweet uh, run to the kitchens. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Which is like, screw, Bran, I want the cake or whatever. Knocks his head off,
2: basically. (laughs) They actually give Bran a serious. Gilded, not gilded, but like a real, a smelted helmet to protect Uh, him from helmet,
1: Yeah, there you go. There you go.
2: Perfect. (laughs) My own has to go to,
3: um, Sir Roderick and, uh, and see when him and Bran are having that conversation and, and Bran is thinking that, oh, Rob is going to marry this Frey girl and that's going to mean that even these two little douchey kids who are running around here right now are going to have more right to the throne then I will. And you, know, Roderick tells his story about his, his daughters and his brother's sons. And he says, when we speak of the morrow, nothing is ever certain. And you know, it's just him telling Bran, hey, look, nothing's guaranteed. So don't think that you can't
2: become what you're meant to be.
0: Mm-hmm. All I saw, all I heard there was the theme song of Reading Rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can, can go anywhere.
2: Horse. You can do anything. Do anything. You email us Take or tweet us.
0: Yes. Yes, of literally. Course. Course.
2: Anything could happen.
0: Anything. Is that own too deep? No. It was great. After my two... No, no, uh, the pond is deeper.
2: (laughs) My two owns earlier in the week that both involved the word fuck.
0: (laughs) Gosh. Well, in the words of Micah Tannenbaum, fuck owns. What's next, Eric? What's next is you can tweet at us, twitter.com slash gameofowns, at gameofowns on the Twitter. And if you want to email us, you can email us contact at GameOfOwns.com. We ask for owns. We ask for comments. We ask for suggestions. Love letters. We ask for marriage proposals and all of that other good stuff that you might be doing in your email inbox with others. Do that with us. We've seen a lot of uh, Game of Thrones wedding cakes. We've shared some of those on our Facebook, uh, Facebook.com slash GameOfOwns. They seem to only be growing in numbers despite the fact that Game of Thrones does weddings a little differently than we may hope
1: uh, <laughs> for our
0: own. But I've seen actually quite a few new wedding cakes that are Game just of Thrones.
2: Just be with the space. band. That's the
0: safest Be thing. with the band. I'm going to
2: have a metal detector when I get married. I'm just like, all right, let's walk through here, everyone, please. Yeah, are you, I... male? are you wearing
0: mail? Are you under <laughs> under under that doublet? Are you wearing, really? It's
2: actually a male cummerbund is what it is. Yes. <laughs> nice.
0: Or my corsage will turn into a shield. I don't have a corsage. My boutonniere is <laughs> a... Uh, Secretly, a microphone.
3: And of course, uh, (laughs) you can uh, head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice little rate and review in the month of August. Nothing less than five stars is acceptable. And of course, you might ask, well, why do we need to review you guys? Well, you know, on Wednesday's episode, we got a tweet from uh, Jason who said that he had just finished reading Dance with Dragons and, uh, you know, was just coming on board with the with the show and it's a really great way to let other people know who might be interested either in the hbo series or song of ice and fire series about this podcast let them know your thoughts uh also a great way to let us know you can leave suggestions about uh segments perhaps we could do in the future um marriage proposals as eric mentioned earlier um we crazy we about are, the
1: marriage proposals today yeah mm-hmm. I,
3: I figured uh you know why not? Uh, it makes it more serious if it's on iTunes, though. That's just what oh. I heard. Uh, so uh, we do appreciate um, you know w- when you guys leave feedback there. It's it's helpful for
2: people who are uh, interested um, potentially in downloading the show. So thank you, man. Just somber, serious Micah right now.
3: Yeah, no threats. It's, no it's threats. My birth.
2: It's, it's my name day month, so I'm
3: not Yay. threatening anybody.
0: Gosh, you know what though? You know who's next on Monday? Who's next? We got Tyrion again. Uh-oh, Tyrion 4. Tyrion is tying Arya with the chapter counts.
2: So do us all a favor and sample the flavor of Game of Owns. Send us yes. your owns and stuff. It's the weekend. Go have fun.
0: Goodbye, everybody. Uh, I am Eric Skull.
1: I'm Selena Wilkin. Selina Wilkin. Selena Wilkin. I'm Selena Wilkin.
2: I'm Selena Wilkin. No, I'm Selena Wilkin.
1: No! Will the Bro. real okay, Everything
0: changes. <laughs> this changes everything.
2: You got it. Second chat.